Hello and welcome to another edition of the Golden Nugget. I am, as always, your host, Rob Gold. And just before I kick things off, folks, because I know there was no episode done last week, so there was no predictions done last week for this weekend's football, but I have had in my mind who I predicted and things like that. Have it written, have it written down and things like that. Also, I just want to say before I get into everything for this week, so next week with being Christmas and that, I will not be doing a recording for next week as such. So I will get, be giving myself the week off as such, um, as it were. But I will be doing an end of year show. Um, I'll also be doing a special um, sort, of, sort of live episode as such. Um, which I will be doing through Facebook um, as well. And that, and that will be done, as I say, next week. Um, but also, um, as I say, what I will be doing in 2024 as well. So obviously, I, we will still be continuing with the Golden Nugget podcast. Um, but as some people know, I'm also part of the Five Marks podcast as well. And we have big things coming up next year, um, that is for sure. Um, can't go into details what those are, but big things will be happening next year. Um, but yeah, so as far as this ep- week's episode goes, I will get into it right now. So without further ado, Premier League predictions for the weekend's matches. And they start with the game between Nottingham Forest and Spurs. So, again, this to me was, I predicted even before, um, as I say, before I knew the results and things like that. And I was predicting on a way win for this because Forrest haven't really been consistent enough um, and haven't been playing well enough in the past couple of weeks. And that Spurs are starting to come in there a wee bit again. Um, I thought to myself, you know, Spurs could win this one. And they did, they won it 2-0, and I, as I, predict, I predicted, the away win. Bournemouth versus Luton. I predicted this as a draw, but I will go into a detail here. So one of the players, I can't remember his name, had collapsed during the match, and the match was abandoned. So that, that match will be rearranged for a later date. Uh, moving forward to the Chelsea and Sheffield United game. Um, I predicted this one again a home win, again because Chelsea's form is better than what Sheffield United's form is, and uh, Sheffield United I think are really in the, the danger zone for going down um, this season, and that I can't see any way how they're going to get out of the rut that they're in at the moment. Um, Man City and Palace again, if I'm on, I like I said, obviously this one I thought was closer than I thought it was going to be. Um, when I seen the result, but before the the match, before the result, before it took place, I said to myself, you know, Man City at home, you would expect to win, but Palace have been their bogey team over the past few seasons, and have got results at the Etihad, and because Man City haven't exactly been playing overly well, and Palace, as I say, you know they. Obviously, had you know one or two injuries and suspensions going into this game. 
And you know what I said to myself, you know what, I can see Palace getting something from this game. So I predicted this one was going to be a draw. And it finished, it started off, Man City were cruising 2-0 up. And then Palace found a way back to make it 2-2. And that's what it finished. Uh, Newcastle versus Fulham. Fulham have had a couple of good results in that, but mainly at home where they've, been, where they've had two 5-0 wins back to back. Uh, but Newcastle at home against Fulham. This was this one I predicted it for a home win because I thought Newcastle their home form is usually good, and that and the, and they're usually better in front of their own fans. And as predicted, they did pick up the three points with a three 0 victory over Fulham. Then we move on to Burnley versus Everton again. Burnley again, not giving themselves a good accounting for so far this season. Um, as I say, Everton obviously still with that ten point deduction over their heads as well, which has which obviously has it came into effect, but they have appealed it. But there's still nothing on the appeal as to when it's going to be, and things like that regarding that. But nevertheless, Everton walked away with the three points with a two 0 victory, which I predicted was an away win, and. Then we move into Sunday's fixtures, which featured Arsenal versus Brighton, Brentford versus Aston Villa, West Ham versus Wolves, and the big game of the weekend, which was Liverpool versus Manchester United. And so we'll kick things off with Arsenal versus Brighton. Again, a very close one. I honestly thought this could have went either way, but Arsenal being at home, you know, sitting, you know, as I say, currently second in the table going into this weekend's fixtures. And I thought to myself, you know what, Arsenal need a result here. And that, you know, to keep themselves alive in this title race. And that, and which they did, they won 2-0 and it was predicted that I would, that they would win. Then we move into Brentford against Aston Villa. This one, as I say, with Villa's away form, that's not usually the best. And even though Villa have, her Villa's home form is, is one of the best in the Premier League, Brentford, as I say, I've been struggling recently, but at home with the fans behind them, I thought Brentford would sort of you know fight a bit more in this match. So I predicted a draw, but it actually finished Aston Villa 2, Brentford 1, and Brentford. Then we move on to West Ham versus Wolves. Again, this is one of those ones where, you know, you're going on not just form, but maybe history at home. And West Ham's home form, Historically, is quite good. Um, where Wolves isn't isn't great away from home, so I predicted this one a West Ham win, which it ended up being three 0 to the Hammers. Then we move into the big game of the weekend, which was Liverpool versus Man versus Manchester United. Again, like most Liverpool fans, and probably like most football fans in general, like I honestly believed. That Liverpool were going to walk away winners of this match, but not just walk away winners of it and with three points, like walk away comfortably again, because we're got we're obviously we're going we're talking about last season's result when Liverpool won seven 0 against them, which was an historic win. But this one, you know, just felt to, for Liverpool it felt like a kick in the teeth a bit. You know, was it a reality check? You know, were Liverpool being a bit too, you know, 
sort of maybe a bit too cocky beforehand, you know, where the fans maybe, maybe that's why it felt a bit flat, you know, the atmosphere compared to most years between Liverpool and Manchester United. Did Manchester United fans, maybe they, did they not bring the atmosphere with it? Thinking like, oh, we're just going to come here, we're going to get beat again, you know, that kind of thing and that. You know, and yes, United did park the bus a bit, you know, by, you know, but that's, that you kind of expected that going into the game because you look at last year's game, you know, United try to play football and you don't try to play football like that. Like, we had, like, Liverpool had nine shots on target from what I can remember from last season and scored with seven of them. Do you know what I mean? You know, like, you, you don't get, you, you very, very rarely get games like that, you know? But, as I say, this one, as I say, a couple of wasteful chances in the game. And, say, Diego Dallo got sent off towards the end with two yellow cards. From what I gather, they were from, they were for dissent for both of them. And that, so he must have continued on after he got the first yellow card. And that, um, but the game itself finished nil each. Which... As I say, Manchester United would have probably been a lot bit happier of the two teams going away from Anfield with a draw and taking a point back with them. Um, but Liverpool, as I say, they would have felt disappointed not getting the three points. Um, not just because of the result from last season, but obviously, you know, fighting for the for the title. Yes, they're you know they're still keeping themselves clear from Man City because of Manchester City's slip up over the weekend against Palace. Now, speaking of Manchester City, they are not in action this weekend because they are over at the Club World Championships and that, which because obviously they won the, the Champions League, so they're um, taking part in that. Um, so their match, uh, which was scheduled against Brentford this weekend, has obviously been postponed and that. Um, and then obviously they have... You know, obviously there'll be a date set for that one um, in due course. Um, but yeah, so that is that round of predictions. Now, I will go into the round for next week, as in for this coming weekend's fixtures as well. So these are the fixtures going forward for next week. For, or sorry, for this weekend coming, should I say. Now, these matches are actually, some of these are actually starting really early. And as far as I'm aware... The first match of this this weekend, as such, is actually Thursday, I believe. Yep, Thursday features Palace versus Brighton, and that's a Thursday match. And that because we're getting into the, the nitty gritty kind of thing, where it's you're coming into the you know the festive season, where there's so many games in a such short space of time, and then you've got the FA Cup matches in January. And that's starting. So, going into this coming weekend's matches as such, so you've got Palace versus Brighton at Crystal Palace. And it's on Thursday. It's, and I've predicted that this one's going to be an away win. I just feel that Palace obviously. With putting in the effort that they did against Manchester City, and that, and then playing on Thursday, you know, you're they're still they're not really getting much of a a break between the match and such. Um, 
sort of thing. But Brighton, as I say, obviously they played, and that you know they played on Sunday, so they're they're actually getting less of a time to actually play. To be fair, um, but I think this one will go down as a Brighton win. I think Brighton will win away from home. Then we've got Aston Villa against Sheffield United again. This is a to me this is a home banger, as if, if I've ever seen one. Um, Sheffield United's form away from home is absolutely poor. Um, no offense to Sheffield United's fans and things like that, but I honestly can't see a way back for you this season. I really can't. Um, Aston Villa, um, they're flying high at the minute still, and that obviously picking up a win against Manchester City, you know, sort of like you know a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, and that, and obviously still you know sitting, you know, fighting there, um, they're third at the minute. But joint third on goal difference um, with Liverpool. Liverpool are obviously second. Arsenal are, are, are in top by one point um, as well. And we will get to that very, very shortly. Um, then we will move on. So Villa against Sheffield United. Homeway. Then we move on to West Ham United versus Manchester United. I think this one, I think it'll be close. But I just think West Ham have the edge in this one. Because United... I think in this one, Manchester United, that is, I think they'll try to come out at West Ham. But West Ham have got a very good line of defence at home. And that and they'll you know, they know when to sort of when to counter and when to you know when to press. But I think West Ham I think will win this match. I really do. Fulham versus Burnley. This one, as I say, again, another home banker for me. and uh, Burnley, their form at the minute is Again, like Sheffield United is really, really poor. Again, I can only see one winner in this match, and that being Fulham. Then we move on to Luton versus Newcastle United. Now, this is a match I would normally say would favour Newcastle United because of obviously them being in the Premier League for so long. Um, Luton, this is their first season in the Premier League. But Luton at home have done really, really well in the Premier League. They drew with Liverpool. They nearly got a result against Manchester City a couple of weeks ago. And that and you know, as I say, they took Arsenal to you know as well. They, they really took they nearly took Arsenal right to it. I mean obviously they could finish four three to Arsenal. But it could have so could have also been so different for them. So it could have been. But I think Luton it's gonna be tight. I think new I think it'll finish a draw. That's what I'm predicting. But I could see Luton sneaking a win, but I'm playing well. And like I say, the next game would would have been Manchester City versus Brentford, but it's postponed because Manchester City featuring in the FIFA Club Club Championship, and that. And we are waiting a date for the rearranged fixture. And Nottingham Forest versus Bournemouth. Now Nottingham Forest, as I say, their form hasn't been great. They've just sacked their manager, and they're in talks with uh, Nuno Spirito. And that who used to manage Wolves. Um, it looks as if they're going to get him. Um, at least for the remainder of the season. But I would say they'll probably sign him you know, on a permanent contract as well. I think for, if you're playing in front of a new manager, the players will be behind him. And that, not saying that the players weren't behind him, behind Steve Cooper, because I think he's done a great job with Forrest, I really have. And that, but I just felt that the results weren't going away recently. 
it started off playing really well at the start of the season and all of a sudden it's just it's just I don't know, it's just something about some the way they're playing. It's just we can't seem to get a win right now. And that um, you know, and their form can be hit and miss. But playing you know, in front of a new manager, fans behind them, I can see Forrest getting something from this game and I predicted a home win. Now Spurs versus Everton is the next fixture. And that this one again is so so close to me because Spurs at home, Everton have been fighting like crazy since that ten point deduction was given to them, and Spurs at home against Everton it's a tricky one because Everton have been playing well, Spurs have been starting to play well again, but have been lucky in some of their results and things like that over the past couple of weeks so to me this game is going to be a draw and that is what I predict but it would not shock me if Everton walked away with the three points but I will predict the draw the next game features I would say this is probably the biggest game of the weekend again it's second it's first sorry second against first it's Liverpool versus Arsenal Arsenal sitting on top of the table by one point Liverpool now Gary Neville had basically said that he thinks that Arsenal are the are Manchester City's biggest challengers now that is a stab at Liverpool and I know that's a stab at Liverpool man you can't say Manchester United are going to be contenders because they're nowhere near it do you know what I mean I mean Yes, you might have been happy walking away with a draw and walking away with a point. But I mean, you're going into a game against one of your biggest rivals and you're happy taking away a point. Considering last season's result, yes, you can understand that. But you shouldn't be going there just to play for a point. Now, were Liverpool arrogant in that game? Maybe so. But they have every right to be. Liverpool's form at home is one of the they're one of the best informed home teams, not just in the Premier League but in Europe. Teams fear Anfield again, and that's what everyone every Liverpool fan has been loving. You know they they love going to Anfield because they know that their team will play well. It's more than likely that they'll get the result by hook or by crook, because. There's no doubt in my mind that some of the yes, some of the decisions that Liverpool have had this season have been a bit ropey sometimes. People say it weighs itself out. But I'm telling you now, you see if Liverpool lose the league title by a point, that all come will come would come down to the Spurs game. None of the other ones that Liverpool have drew in. But it would come to that one because that was the one that cost them dearly so far. Liverpool have only been beaten once this season in the Premier League. Once. That was by Spurs and it should never have finished a draw. So in my mind, Liverpool should be still top of the table. If the Premier League... Because at the end of the day, the referee in the Crystal Palace-Liverpool game gave a penalty to Palace after stopping the game because during the play not when the ball went out of play 
but while the play was still going. How was that possible? I don't know. Apparently they, apparently they couldn't. Whenever they found out that they made the mistake in the Spurs game, apparently they couldn't play. They couldn't bring the bring the, the call back. But yet, and that was after the ball went out of play. Why couldn't they not? They that was that was a quicker time frame than than Crystal Palace getting the penalty awarded. <clears throat> but nevertheless, Liverpool versus Arsenal this Saturday. It's a five thirty kickoff. Liverpool will be up for it, as will Arsenal, because I know Mikel Arteta, I mean, we drew with them, I think it was two each last season. But I feel that we owe this to the fans after Sunday's game against Manchester United. We owe it <clears throat> to all those ones who are, who are basically saying, like, oh, Liverpool like, drew with Manchester United, blah, blah, blah. We beat Arsenal. Liverpool beat Arsenal on Saturday. On Saturday, they will go two points clear of Arsenal. And as far as I can remember, they will go either. <coughs> they will go either seven or eight points ahead of Manchester City as well. Now, if Liverpool win, so Liverpool are four points clear of Manchester City. <coughs> at the minute with the same number of games played if Liverpool win they'll go on to 41 points Arsenal would stay on 49 but Aston Villa have got their match against Sheffield United first before that match as well so she so Aston Villa can actually go above Arsenal and Liverpool and sit top of the Premier League at least until later that day so if Liverpool win, then as I said, and if, and if Aston Villa win, well, Aston Villa would go on top, depending on how many of the score as well. Aston Villa will go on top, but they'll go on top by a point at least. And then, as I say, Liverpool, <coughs> if they beat Arsenal, will go back on top. But again, it depends on how many goals Aston Villa. Could potentially score against Sheffield United as well. That is if Aston Phillips do beat Sheffield United. So I'm only surmising that that will happen. But this is football. Anything can happen on the day. But I am predicting a Liverpool win. And that, and as I will for pretty much most Liverpool matches, to be quite honest, because I am a Liverpool supporter, as you probably may know. Um. So yes, so that will go to I would say that will be a home win for Liverpool. Then we move on to Wolves against Chelsea. This one again, if I'm honest, this could have went either this could go either way. Wolves at home, Chelsea's form away from home. Chelsea are very inconsistent right now. And that you know, one minute they could win comfortably and play well, the next they could be like getting big three or four. You just don't know what Chelsea are going to be playing against. And that's just and that's a thing with Wolves as well. You just don't know what team you're going to get when you play Wolves. So this one's at Molyneux. I feel it's 
and it's like I say, it's just before Christmas. They'll want to send the home fans happy for Christmas. And I think that three points against Chelsea for Wolves will do just that. And I predicted a Wolves win. And that concludes this coming weekend's set of fixtures. Now, yes, I'm not doing an episode next week because it's Christmas. So there will be, there is a lot of Boxing Day fixtures and things like um, matches after that as well. Now, I'm not doing a prediction for them on this episode. So what I will do, because at the end of year show, I will do what I predict for those matches, even if they've already been done. I will have them written, I will have them wrote down. I will even put up on the likes of my Facebook page and things like that and Instagram that these are the predictions. Once I have them wrote down for Boxing Day, the day after and the day after that, because usually there's two or three days of football spread over those couple of days. And then you will, so you'll see that there's proof that I've done those predictions, whether they're right or wrong over that period, because you just, again, it's football, you just don't know what could happen. So many fixtures and so many days, you know, over the past couple of weeks, injuries could crop up, you just don't know. So that, but that does conclude the football portion of this episode. We will now look at the raw results from this week as well now normally i would do a preview of smackdown but as i say i'm not 100 sure what's really happening this week on smackdown as such so what i will do i will discuss about the ott show that i was at on sunday evening which was an absolute blast so i will do that after i go through the results from monday's episode of raw which starts off with R-Truth versus JD McDonough, which R-Truth picked up the win night before the match. There was a bit of a joke between them where R-Truth said, if I win, I get a If I beat you, you're out of judgment day, blah, blah, blah. But apparently that was just a joke thing. It wasn't meant that actually JD McDonough is out of judgment day. Who knows, is he going to be out of judgment day? Is he still going to be in judgment day? That's for another Then we have the Intercontinental Championship on the line between the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion in history versus Gunther versus the A-lister The Miz. And in what was another hell of a match between these two. Um, if you thought the first match between these two was good, this one was either better, was either just as good or better. Um, but this one, as I say, Gunther, again, walking out still, your reigning Intercontinental Champion. Now, I will get into that in a second because I have someone in mind who I would really, really love to have a match with him against. But I will go into that in a second. Then we go on to the Women's Tag Team Championship match between champions Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. Versus Caden and Katana. And what was uh, a pretty up and down match. And um, both 
sort of like, I mean, the crowd could really weren't really behind the match at all, really, either. Um, the match itself, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. But, I mean, the result for the fact that Caden and Katana walked away as new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions was a shock to me. Um, whether they have plans for Piper and Chelsea, I don't know. What plans do they have for Caden and Katana being the new Tag Team Champions? Who knows? But that is wrestling, and it is what it is. Then we move on to Ivar versus Tazawa, and which was a pretty much a squash match, which Ivar picked up the win. Then we also had a segment on Raw featuring again Shinsuke Nakamura and Cody Rhodes. So that is obviously building up to something. Obviously, we had their match last week um, as well on Raw. Um, but we are definitely building into something there again with them too. Then we had main event Jay Uso versus Ludwig Kaiser of Imperium. And this, this to me felt as if it should have been a tag team match because of the way that built it up um, during the episode. But it led into a good match uh, between the two of them, um, which wasn't a surprise to anybody. Um, as I say, JSO is doing very, very well for himself as a singles superstar, even though, yes, he hasn't won any singles titles or nothing like that. Uh, Ludwig Kaiser, same. I mean, I mean, he's a, he's a phenomenal. I mean, they're both in phenomenal shape. Uh, they're phenomenal athletes and that and it was Jay Uso that picked up the victory and after the match celebrated with Kofi Kingston in the ring and then we moved on to the main event of Monday Raw which was for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships between Finn Balor and Damian Priest Judgment Day versus the Creed Brothers and which was a very good match and i've liked the way that they built the creed brothers up and that i'm not just to build them up to bring them down but the fact that they built them up so much that since they've came up to raw from nxt done phenomenally well they've won clean they've won against top tag teams like beating imperium like that to me was you know top level and they do look impressive as a team. And it's probably one of the best call-ups that they've done. I would say it's probably been the best call-up that they've done since bringing Finn Balor from NXT up to Raw. And, that, and yes, for that, and yes, I mean from the first time, because obviously when Raw drew Finn Balor the number one pick, that few years ago now you're talking you know when Finn Balor uh, brought up by Mick Foley and that on on Raw so that would be interesting to see what to do next with the Creed Brothers and that so do they build do they keep them built up the fact that they've lost the tag team championship match it'll be interesting to see
And uh, so, yeah, um, what are your opinions on the Creed Brothers, folks? Um, do you think that they should be the next tag team champions? Or do you think Judgment Day should keep them longer than what they have done? Um, who knows? I mean, what are they going to do with the tag team championships? You know, there is talk that they might split them and put one tag team championships on Raw, one tag team championships on SmackDown. But the way I see it is, it's not bad. It's not a bad idea to have them. Now, what the, I think now, this is just me and my opinions of the like the, the likes of the tag team championships, and even the ones on NXT. Now, the only issue with this idea or with this thought that I've had about it is the fact that, like, okay, yes, you're not going to get them defended on every single show. In, as in like every day every like show so you've got Mo raw monday nxt wednesday smackdown friday you're not going to have them defended three times in the one week in different cities do you know what i mean but you could always have it where it's so they could be on nxt one week they could be on raw the next they could be on smackdown the week after or they could be on Raw and SmackDown that same week because you've got Raw on Monday, SmackDown on Friday, and instead of being on Raw, instead of and then if they are on Raw, they could fly out to wherever they're going to be on NXT. You know, so now the only thing about that is there's not much. Obviously, if it's just like if it's a couple of hour flight, then there, there you go, but. That's the idea that I would have is to just have one set of tag team championships and represent all three brands Raw, SmackDown, NXT and just call it the WWE Tag Team Championships. That's all. Not undisputed, not World Tag Team Champions, just WWE Tag Team champions so anyone can challenge for them if you're on nxt you can challenge them for the on nxt bring them to the nxt same with raw same with smackdown because that way then the tag team championships aren't exclusive to any one brand and you can still run with with them having it as well and it means you can feature different matches on premium live event shows you could feature triple threat tag team championship matches where you could have whoever the tag team championships champions are so if it's still Damian Priest and Finn Balor on Raw you would have them two featuring a team from Smackdown a team from NXT whoever wins wins the titles that's just that's just my opinion but folks what is your opinion on the likes of the tag team championships or brand exclusive titles it's basically the way like raw seems to have the intercontinental championship smackdown seems to have the united states championship you know you've got wwe world heavyweight championship on raw which seth rollins still currently has at the moment and also the wwe championship which seems as if they're calling it that again because i've heard better both i've heard like i've heard the wwe undisputed 
championship or undisputed WWE championship. I'm still hearing like being called the undisputed the WWE undisputed Universal Championship. I'm still hearing it that. And I'm also hearing now the WWE Championship. So they seem to be calling it three different names, but I think they should just be calling it one. Now, if you're calling, so obviously you've got the WWE World Heavyweight Championship with Seth Rollins has. So in my mind now, you should be calling this championship that Roman Reigns currently has the WWE Championship. Because that to me is what it is. Seth got the WWE World Heavyweight Championship because it's a take on the old style of the World Heavyweight Championship from WCW and from what they had brought out a few years ago before. Um, you know, once they bought the WCW over and things like that. And this is in the same kind of style, hence the reason why I call the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And then obviously the one that's, that uh, Roman Reigns has being the WWE Championship. Not Universal, not Undisputed Universal, but they should just call it the WWE Championship. And that is it. Because I don't like all this, like, you know, Universal nonsense when it's not Universal, when you're only kind of like, Defending it every so often. And also the fact that Ross got its own version of the title, so it's not a universal title anymore. So they need to go they need to move away from the universal side of things and just rebrand it WWE Championship. Old school name. WWE Championship. That's all you need. But that was basically the so that was the raw review. With results as well so as i was saying just on the end of that so i was talking there about gunther and his defense of the intercontinental championship and someone who i would like i would love to see this match happen and i've wanted to see this match happen more so because i haven't seen it happen you know yet as of now i've seen it i haven't seen it for myself as of yet but I will do very soon. But back in the days of when Gunther was called Walter and when he represented OTT, which was over the top wrestling, which is an Irish promotion, and that, which is now run by, as I say, it's been run by Joe Cabray, who is doing a fantastic job, and that of booking the show, getting who he can get over, putting a card together, and that um, phenomenal, and that he's doing an absolute phenomenal job. And the championship that they have now, the OTT World Championship, is a beautiful, beautiful belt, beautiful um, as well. And the product that they put out, it's one of the best that Europe has to offer. So it is. It's, and that's what that's one of the reasons why I love going to their shows that they do in Dublin and Belfast. They do Wolves as well, now and again. They did Wolves there at the ninth anniversary and that, which I wasn't in attendance for, but I heard it was a good show. And I'm not sure if they're going to be back over there for January. I don't know if that's been announced or if anything's been announced for Wolves yet for that. But I know last year, well, sorry, this year, sorry, for Scrapper Mini, 
they'd done the three days where they'd done Wolves, Dublin and Belfast. So I can't see why not I, that they wouldn't do that again for next year because it was really fun. The shows that they've done, the atmosphere was brilliant um, for, for all shows, um, including the Belfast show, which was basically they called it the night after Mania because that's what it was. And that was a fun show as well, where there was a surprise um, return, which didn't last too long in the end. But I won't go into too much detail with, with that as such. But I was really disappointed about that return because I, I thought it was going to be really good until the left. So I was like, oh, why'd you leave so soon straight away? Um, but yeah, but, but where I see it is, bigger picture, the show has been, the shows have been great that they put on, and and that if uh, you're into, let's say you're independent wrestling, or if you're not in your independent wrestling, but you just like wrestling in general, go check them out. They've got their own OTT on demand service online, and that it's basically next to nothing for a month, and you get full access to their catalog of shows that they put up on that. Now some of the shows that they have had may not all be available because some of them would not be weren't recorded and that but the ones that have been recorded are up on the ott on demand service as well and um, so go check them out and as i say the the walter versus jd well jd mcdonough as in jordan devon that is the match that i would be talking about that is one match that i would suggest you check out and that for, for sure there's a lot of wrestling on on those shows there's a lot of wrestlers that who you would be watching now in the mainstream wrestling like the wwe maybe even aw and things like that who have been on ott and that as well so they've got they've had some talent on those shows but my my favorite ones from ott and they've always been my favorite because they're from belfast and that because they're from Northern Ireland, have always been the Kings of the North, who, as a normal tag team, usually rep they're represented by Damien Corbin and Bonesaw, but they do have another one which is called Duncan Disorderly, and that, and as the three of them, they are known as the Kings of the North, and when they fight as a four, you have Big Damon, who, as I say, we know wrestled in WWE as well, and that, and he would be known. They would all be known as the Kings of the North when they're all together and that. Um, but they are they're they were always to me one of the best tag teams, not just in the country, like not just in Northern Ireland, not just in Ireland, but to me they've been one of the big tag teams. And I would say, and I would go as far as saying one of the best tag teams in the world were the Kings of not were the Kings of the North, are the Kings of the North. But out of shadow of a doubt, they, to me, they should really be on the like. They should be on the likes of either NXT or even WWE by this, by now. So they really should, you know, if if they want if they wanted to be there, they should be there because the way they team together, and that is, it's phenomenal. You know, the crowd reaction to them. And that is phenomenal. And that, you know, every time 
you know, whenever they come to Belfast for OTT shows and things like that, the fans are always behind them. You know, that anyone from Belfast who ever has been represented from Belfast type of things on the show always gets always gets cheered and that uh, very, very well and that. But that's that's one thing I love about the likes of independent shows. It's the fact that you, you're seeing these guys who could be worthy of being on a WWE show, NXT, AEW, Rev, you know, Rev Pros are basically, you know, another one with independent wrestling show. But they're the, they're the, to me, they're the sort of the mainstream sort of independent shows as such because they're, they're that popular. You know, everyone's heard about them, you know, it's like Rev Pro, OTT, you know, you hear the name. But they've built up that reputation over the years. Like that does that just doesn't happen overnight. You don't just build up a promotion within like, you know, a month or two and be like, you know, oh, let's get this person, let's get that person. You know, they've built up those reputation, you know, the people behind those companies have built up reputations with individuals, with other superstars, other wrestlers and that and other agents and things like that. To be able to get them over, to be able to, to have to also have their own training skills, to build up the next generation of professional wrestlers, and that that's one of the reasons why I love going to like local shows to see people who I think could be the next big thing as such, you know. And I remember seeing Jordan Devlin on a show in Belfast years ago. It wasn't for OTT. It was called a company called Uprising Wrestling. Um, and he was on the show. And I just remember seeing him and going like, do you know what? I would not be surprised if he's in WWE very, very soon. And I knew that. Like, as soon as I seen him in that match, the first time seeing him live, I knew, like, just the way he is. The way he sort of comes to the ring, you know, everything about him, you just knew that big things were happening for him. And that, you know, I remember seeing, um, as I say, Prince Devitt, who obviously we know as Finn Balor. He was at a local show um, called Wrestling.ie, and his last match before going to NXT was in Newton Arts, and he fought Duncan Disorderly for the Wrestling.ie Championship. Which Duncan disorderly won because obviously Prince Devitt was going to NXT and that. But you knew even then, like how big a deal that he is. And that, and you know, and the fact that, you know, I wasn't surprised seeing him in WWE and I wasn't surprised at him being the inaugural Universal Champion when he defeated Roman Reigns. To be in the final against Seth Rollins, and then to beat Seth Rollins, only to then have to relinquish the championship the next night on Raw because he suffered an injury, and that which kept him out of action for for just over a year, and that, and to me he never got that first shot back when he came back, but then money in the bank he had the match with Seth Rollins for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Which I thought he would win. I honestly did. But we'll not get into that. But I think he deserves a singles run again. I do like him in Judgment. I love him in Judgment Day. I love him with Damien Price and things like that as a tag team. 
and I can't see why they wouldn't put it on him because then you've still cut Damien Priest with the money in the bank briefcase. Would he cash it in on Finn? He's still got the contract up until, you know, the end of June. So could he do it? Could he be? Now, this is the thing. Depending on the date for the net, this is what's so great about this. The contract for the briefcase isn't until I think it's the 1st of July because obviously it's a year from the day that you win it. So if Money in the Bank next year is before that date, he could. Now, this is this has been in my head since sort of working all this out. Damon Priest has still got the money in the bank briefcase. They could easily have a big championship match at the start of the show. Whether so, you could either have the World Heavyweight Championship match, or if Roman Reigns still has the WWE Championship by then, which I don't think he will. But I'd like him to see him have it. But I would love him to see him on the card for Money in the Bank. And him be on the show defending it against someone. But then for Damian Priest to cash in his briefcase. Win it off Roman Reigns. Then you have your Money in the Bank ladder match. Later on. So well, well, maybe not later on as such, but you could maybe have it. Oh, there's a turn. There's a turn that I did not see possibly coming. Damian Priest cashes in. Has money in the bank briefcase. Beats Roman Reigns for the championship. Then later that night. They have the men's Money in the Bank match. Finn Balor enters it. Wins the briefcase. And cashes it in on Damian Priest. To become the new WWE Championship. All on the same night. That. That's, that's what the way I would possibly book it. If it falls before that date because that would be a perfect way to either to either potentially break the judgment day up even though the even i don't want them to break up but if you're going to break them up that would be the best way to do it you know now they would have to to me they would have to drop the tag team championships by then which they could easily do against the creed brothers or any other team but that would be my thinking for the Money in the Bank show for next year. Whether they do that, whether that happens, that's just a prediction that I think that could happen. Because you just don't know what's around the corner. Like somebody could pick up an injury and you just don't you you don't see it coming until it happens. You, do you know what I mean? So that's the idea that I would have. So what do you think? What would your idea? If you were pitching, if you were pitching to me, what your prediction money in the bank would be for next year, and that, or even a prediction of who would be your champion going into money in the bank, 
I think that would be the question as well. Like my money would be Roman Reigns would still be champion. Because they're all saying like oh, Cody Rhodes has to challenge Roman Reigns again for the championship at WrestleMania and win it. To finish his story as such. You've got CM Punk back. <clears throat> Who's going to win the Royal Rumble for first? The WWE Royal Rumble I'm talking about. You've got CM Punk and Cody Rhodes as two of your main favourites. But that's really it, as favourite-wise. You know, because obviously if, if they're going to be in the top four, or the last four that are going to be in the Royal Rumble itself, who's the other two going to be? Because you're going to have, you're possibly going to have the likes of maybe Finn or Damian Priest in it. As a last, as as part of the last four, or maybe the last six, at least. Now, who would be a surprise entrant into the rumble? Because there's always at least one or two surprise entrants. You know, like just out of the blue, straight up. Do you know what I mean? You know. Could John Cena potentially be in the Royal Rumble? Do you know what I mean? Would he, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Is it would he, I don't think he would be because I think he's still going to be injured. And that, but who knows? You just don't know. You know, you, you get all, all this talk about, you know, who could possibly return and things like that. But who knows? Who knows? But I think in the women's Royal Rumble match, I think you will have Jude Cargill making her debut in the Royal Rumble. Will she win it? I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing her win it because it would be a hell of a debut if, if she did. Does she need to win it if she was in it? Mm, not really. I mean, Obviously, her name is big enough, obviously, because of AW, but does she need to win it? It would be good for her career if she won it, but is it too soon in her career to win it? That's the question. You know, like you look at the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, when he, when he debuted in, on WWE, but he, he came in third. In the Royal Rumble, do you know what I mean? And that, uh, when he came, when he came out, and that, you know, it was like, it was like, could it be? And then it was, with the phenomenal AJ Styles. But yeah, but folks, tell me what your thoughts are on the Royal Rumble. What are your predictions? Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win the Royal Rumble match itself? And from what I'm gathering, we are going to have a day one this year as well. Well, for next year. So a day one is usually on January. So this, so they say it's like, it'll be like the first Sunday. Um, more like the, the first Sunday in January. And that... But it looks very likely that that will be going ahead. 
and and yeah it'll be interesting to see so yeah um so again what are your thoughts on who is going to be in the Royal Rumble? Who do you think is going to be your champion um, when the Royal Rumble finishes? And do you know something I would love them to do again? They haven't done it since it was a time when I think Roman Reigns was the champion and he was forced to defend his championship in a Royal Rumble match. Now, I remember years ago they had a tradition, this is, you're talking like 90s, where the WWE Championship was always defended at the Royal Rumble in a Royal Rumble match before it moved on to singles matches and stuff like that. And I always thought that, that was fun to have because back then you didn't know who was going to win it. You know, you didn't know who was going to win the Royal Rumble match, which meant that whoever won the Royal Rumble match was your champion. And then they had to get a challenger out of that. You know, so whoever finished, whoever was eliminated was usually their challenger at WrestleMania that year. So what are your thoughts on that? Should they maybe think of looking to potentially do that? And that, or should they just, you know, continue with what they're doing? Number one contender, whoever wins the Royal Rumble goes on to WrestleMania and main events with whoever's the champion going into that. But it always guarantees them a shot at the main event. That's the number one priority that Royal Rumble does. It guarantees you a number one contender match in the main event at WrestleMania. But folks, that is it for this evening. As I say, I will be on, not next week, but I will, because obviously it's Christmas next week. So what I will do is I will be recording an episode, as I say, so one won't go out next Thursday, but I will, will record one next week, but it won't go out until just before the new year. And that, and that will be an end of year show. And I will be doing a YouTube short as well, very, very soon. And um, as well, basically, a video version of basically a video version of the podcast but but brought down into into chunks as such and that so you'll still have your predictions you'll have your raw reviews your smacking reviews and stuff and that's how that will run so folks i want to thank every, each and every one of you who have either listened to the podcast supported this podcast since since i've started it we are only 20 episodes in and that, uh, which has basically been what, pretty much close to 20 weeks, you know, which, which is quite remarkable considering, you know, this was only, you know, as I say, started not that long ago to me. You know, it doesn't feel that long ago, but the 20 episodes, that's pretty much like it's, it's almost an episode a week. So the fact that that's been that long, it's, yeah. But folks, I want to thank each and every one of you who have supported this, have helped it grow, have 
shared it and things like that and listened to it and everything like that. And also want to shout out to the Five Mars podcast because if it wasn't for them guys who have supported me through this process of me doing my own podcast as well, this wouldn't be happening today. So the fact that they've had me on as a guest and now bringing me on as a member of the team for the Five Marks podcast as well, um, I want to shout it to them and acknowledge them um, for being absolute legends. And that, um, also a couple of shout outs um, as well. Um, big shout out to Joe Cabray for doing an amazing job with OTT this year. Um, and that I'm doing the best that he he can with what he has to offer because obviously there's, there's challenges running a show that promoters get probably all the time and um, you know with maybe certain people not being able to make dates towards towards the end and things like that and, and yeah so big shout out to joe cabray for being an absolute amazing person And also want to shout out to the leader of the draw, Sammy D. And not just the leader of the draw, but also the reigning, defending and current OTT World Heavyweight Champion, who will be defending the OTT Championship at the local Rumble, which is held on the 20th of January at the KFRC, which is, or the KRFC, KRFC, come on. Yep, I think it's KRFC and Tala. He is defending against Trent Seven and that. And we also have a Rumble style match happening on that card as well, which will be really good to see. It's so good. Rumble matches are so good. So so fun. So fun to do. So that's happening on the 20th of January. Tickets or on sale, get them while they are available because I would say this event will be a sellout. Also, I want to shout out to Jay, who, as I say, as I say, Jay is another member of the draw and that. And again, he's been a breath of fresh air on the scene as well over the past year or two and that and from the time I first seen seen him um, which was last year at the September Comic Con in Lisburn and that as a part of the OTT guys that were down and that and it was the first time seeing him there and that and he was great then he's still great now he's you know, he's one of the ones, as I say, that, you know, I see every, at, at each and every show that I, well, near enough, each and every show that I go to and that. And yeah, he's just amazing. Um, can't put, you know, he can't put a foot wrong, really. And that, you know, had a match against, he had a match against Kenta there. If you haven't seen it on the anniversary show, ninth anniversary show there. And that absolutely phenomenal um, it was. Um, though we did tease a wee little bit. 
but watch it and you'll see what I mean by the wee tees. Very done. Um, but yeah, um, but I just want to thank to each and every independent wrestler that has participated that I've seen this past year, and I want to shout out to each and individual because they're putting their careers and their bodies on the line in every show that they do, and sometimes that goes amiss sometimes because we think, oh, it's it's easy to them. Uh, you know, it sounds easy to them, but sometimes some like a little mistake might happen. You know, a little accident might happen. You know, from time to time, when you're you know when you're in a match, do you know what I mean? Like something could go wrong. You know, you just you know it's 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 so easy that you know it could happen. You know, and you just don't you know you just don't know. You know, there could be like a you know a slip of the foot or you know. You know something, something gone wrong you know that maybe wouldn't go wrong normally but just these things happen you know so i want to shout out to each and every wrestler who i've seen this year whether it's been WWE events whether it's been you know as i say rev pro events whether it's been ott titanic fight factory uh Hard Knock shows. Um, what shows have I left out that I haven't that I've been to this year? So I've been to Hard Knocks, OTT, Titanic, NXG. I've been in NXG show this year as well. Um, and that's another thing I want to do next year as well. I want to try and get to other promotion shows and that a bit more and see how they're running as well. Like of NXG, CAW. And things like that, you know, WIA and things like that, um, as well, and that, and obviously Fight Factory as well. Get the more of them shows if I can as well. But it's just sometimes hard to fit all that into, you know, as well because of obviously trying to have you have to I have to pick and choose which shows I go to because of work commitments and stuff like that. And sometimes it's just hard to do, you know. But folks, again, I want to say. Thanks very much for me, for myself, and that for supporting what I do. Um, and yes, I do have um, t-shirts available as well. Um, now, I did get questioned, do I have um, a wrestling podcast t-shirt shirt? So I don't currently have one for the podcast as such, um, but... I am a member of the Five Mars podcast team, and we do have shirts available. Um, if you contact one of us, I'm sure we could hook you up with something. If you know, if it's if it needs a a share to or or push in the right direction to one of the other members of the Five Mars who have the shirts there, and that, um, I say they're available from them guys as well, and that, um, but folks, and. Um, Keep up to date with your social medias, and um, for and from for information for myself from Rob Gold. And um, obviously, once this podcast goes out, I will put up the details of my my socials, which are obviously Facebook Rob Gold, Twitter slash X Rob Gold, TikTok Robert Degrade with two eights by the way, and my Gmail account is Golden One Rob Gold. 
spelled G-O-U-L-D-E-N-O-N-E, R-O-B-G-O-U-L-D, at gmail.com. And if you want any questions answered on the podcast, if you want to ask a question, let me know. Let me know your thoughts on the podcast episode. Um, as I say, I will be doing YouTube shorts of this as well. I'm going to try and start them this week if I can. And that, so basically this will be, so each week I will, except for next week that is, I will do a full version like this here. And I will then do a YouTube short, which could be 15 minutes. And it'll just be, so it could be 15, 20 minutes, it could be 20 minutes, give or take. And that's what I'm going to try and work with. And then I'll see if I can do that. So I'm going to test that out tonight as well. But folks, again, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Like I say, I will be doing a show recording, should I say, before the New Year, which will go out just before the New Year as such. And I will also be doing a special live episode as well, which will go out possibly Thursday we might do one on so I might actually do the special live one on the Thursday so not this Thursday coming but the Thursday of the Christmas week and that will be a Facebook live special which I will announce on here so if you're on my Rob Gold page on Facebook and that as I say if you just search Rob Gold or if you search the golden one you and that and you will find the symbol as the hand the gold hand up that is my symbol you find that like and subscribe to that page and that and I appreciate that if you do for those who have already done that that is basically my page for Facebook and that is where I will be doing my live from on next Thursday and that where we will be basically be talking about a bit of football, a bit of wrestling and for those who want to join in with me they can do and that um, because this podcast it's not just for me this podcast this podcast is for you guys as well and that's why I'm trying to get people more involved by either trying to get some people on it and things like that we will be doing a special episode very soon and it's going to be with my friend Peter, Peter Sabo, and we are going to be doing an extreme episode. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for that one, because that will be very fun to do. So folks, again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you all. And again, for those who don't already do this, I want you to do one thing, and one thing only, and that is to acknowledge